You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Spot Money News. Welcome back, everyone, and welcome to this week's weekly wrap-up here on Sprott Money News. And once again, joining us is Mr. Eric Sprott himself. Eric, welcome back. Good morning. Hey, Craig. Uh, happy to do it again. I, I, as I said last time, I enjoy your commentary on the markets, and I always look forward to this conversation. I think we're going to have a lot of fun, Eric, and it's, it, it is. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be able to associate with you guys and, and do these every Friday. We've got a, quite an interesting week ahead of us, Eric. No, uh, no question about that. We've got uh, what, what, of course, many are claiming is the most important FOMC meeting of all time. Of course, the one in September, the one back in June, the one back in March, all yeah. of them through two. Anyway, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, it, it seems as if the medals are being set up for next week as well. What do you think? What do you, what do you just, what, personally, what are you expecting to see at 2 o'clock Wednesday? And more importantly, what do you think is going to happen at 2.01 as it pertains to the medals? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. I mean, I've, I mean, there's many articles that are written about where the Fed is, and they said most of the commentary, like backed into the corner and policy, are those are the two words I hear most often, because obviously the economic recovery is floundering on a massive scale here, and to think that uh, you should be raising rates just seems so uh, ridiculous in today's environment. But I, I suspect that. Uh, what the Fed, the bigger part of what the Fed's trying to do is keep the dollar strong because, uh, you know, it's such a weak currency. Even, you know, you look at the foreign policy, the, the, uh, central bankruptcy of the country. Look at the, uh, charade going on in politics down there. Uh, how anyone, and look at the sales of treasury bills that, whether it's Russia or China or probably the Mideast now, that must be going on. The carnies that's, you know, swirling around us is incredible. And uh, so I think, you know, by raising rates, probably the one thing people think will happen is that uh, the dollar will go up. But I I certainly think it needs propping, if you know what I mean, because it, it, otherwise it probably would head lower here. And then the right. first, lots of things would come out of that. But in terms of the rate increase, having listened to uh, Yellen's last speech, it seems so obvious to me that two things are are kind of coming up. One, the the new normal rate of interest rates, if we ever get there, is now a much considerably lower number than anyone would imagine. And she stressed that very often. And the other thing that she stressed is, you know, just because we have one doesn't mean we're going to have another one. Right. And uh, I think most uh, people in the gold market who have this thesis that rising rates are bad for gold, which they're not, but that's what the demand is, um, would have expected that, you know, if you have one rate increase, you have many rate increases, which might, in fact, tarnish the interest in gold because if you ever got back to the old normal interest rate of 5%, that interest rate is a competing uh, function to gold. But uh, I'm guessing that we'll see one rate increase and then nothing for a long time. And who knows, maybe we can get a rate cut in and then another QE if this economy doesn't turn around and there's no signs of it turning around. Now, you, you mentioned the impact of the global bond markets. We've been talking a lot on my side about the, the flat yield curve and that spread between the two-year and the 10-year and how it's just getting tighter and tighter. And every Keynesian economist knows that that's a precursor to recession. Right. So it makes, well, you, makes you wonder. It, well, Craig, there's so many things now that point to a recession, right? Yeah. Whether it's car loadings or... Uh, utility consumption, uh, home sales, capex is by far the worst. 
course, the whole oil price thing, you know. Yep. Well, here's an ironic thing. So we, we get a, and it all goes down. Alaska has to institute a, a personal income tax for the first time in ever, probably, I think it yep. is. And so, you know, what you're gaining at the tax bump, you now got to pay to the government in taxes in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's an offset to everything, right? Well, that's about <laughs> right. Because a lot of people are getting the, the revenue they used to get. And, of course, the guys who aren't getting the revenue are getting crushed. I mean, think of all the oil companies and all their employees and all their dependents, and all of a sudden the company's losing money and they've got to close the door and the lack of drilling. And I mean, it's a, there's a big hurt out there. And I think most people who do have gas savings, of which there are plenty, uh, you know, they turn around and look at their, uh, their health care invoice for next year and say, well, there goes the gas savings. So, uh, but yet all the, the people that would benefit by oil, high oil price have lost money. So I think it's a, it's a net loss for everybody as it, as it turns out. So, um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, we're, we're going to find that it, it's just to kind of save face that the Fed would raise the rate and then it'll be, it'd be over and done with. And I wouldn't be at all surprised, Craig, you know, last Friday, uh, I think it was after Yellen's speech on the Thursday that, you know, the new normal rate, the new lower normal rate, and, you know, maybe one and done sort of thing, that that's when gold took off. And I suspect that gold will be able to look look, look away from this modest rate increase and say, well, there's no more coming. So, you know, this thing we've been selling gold off for for two years or has never happened. Of course, there's been no rate increase since 2006. So, it's always been a non-starter, and as you and I both know, the price is not determined in, in the real world anyway. It's determined on COMEX by a bunch of crooks. So. Well, that's a per- perfect segue to my next question, Eric. Nice job. Um, we, we touched on this last week, the what is now really historic positioning of the banks versus the speculators on the COMEX. If I know you and I both believe, as does really anybody that follows these markets, they understand it's the bank's and the bank trading desks that control the direction of price as you know they in their role as kind of this kind of de facto market maker and we found out last friday after you and i spoke that the net position of the banks are also called commercials when they lump them all together at the cftc is actually as of last friday nearly net long for the first time since 2011 and i suspect in the report we get today uh, at 3:30 eastern they will show up as net long Again, for the first time in 14 years, if you factor that into what you just said about kind of this counterintuitive move, perhaps uh, in the metals next week, where does that lead you to draw a conclusion, perhaps, Eric? Well, Craig, you know, first principles in banking are they're always working against the customer, right? Right. How do we make money? We take the other side of the bet, and, and because of our financial muscle, we can make the bet work, and then everyone realizes, oh, my, my God, I had it wrong, and... And, you know, that's really why it's important to watch the, uh, the COMEX setup. Uh, and yes, uh, uh, subsequent to the Tuesday, which the, the report last Friday, which was effective the Tuesday, I think we'd hit a new low. So I suspect that there might have been further shorting by the, by the speculators. And I'm kind of hoping that the uh, commercials went that long because they're only in it to make money, right? Right. Uh, there's no relationship to the true fundamentals for gold. I mean, you see lots of, positive things here, you know, like coin sales. Uh, China comes out and buys 21 tons of gold. I find it interesting that India's scrambling 
to find a way to get gold from your citizens. And as you know, that program didn't work. Right. Um, but I always think back to 2013, you know, when the biggest rig job of all happened. And one of the biggest participants in it was India because they put in all these rules which took their gold imports from something that averaged 80 tons a month. By November of 13, they were down to 7 tons a month. And between, you know, shutting the Indians out of the gold market and um, pillaging from the uh, from the ETFs, they were able to make up the shortage that was obviously apparent at the time. And you can see this scrambling going on in, in India because it hasn't worked. And they're part of a Western Central Bank cabal. God knows what they'll do, but, you know, if we see, you know, the export tax go from 10% to 20%, you'll know it's a total rate job uh, because... The uh, Indian population loves gold. They don't trust governments, which is exactly what they should do. Um, so there's been lots of uh, fundamentally positive numbers in uh, in gold. India imported 101 tons in, uh, I think it was November, which is a great number. I and mean, It's right. just a huge number. So uh, if we can get the commercials, you know, in a position where, you know, they're... Uh, the barometer suggests they want it to go up, then believe me, it'll go up because they're just going to rape and pillage all the shorts that are piled in here. So in that sense, it's positive. I wish the COMEX had nothing to do with it, as I know you would too. And let's just leave market forces to be market forces. But uh, unfortunately, that, that's not the environment we're in yet. I'd love to see someone uh, claim those four measly tons that are sitting in the COMEX. I mean, I just I can hardly understand how you're going to have so many contract trading and, and the physical numbers hardly change at all. I mean, it's just the most ironic situation to find yourself in. It's sort of surreal that we have a commodity exchange where commodities don't change hands. Well, let me lay a couple of data points on you real quick, Eric, <clears throat> before we wrap up. And I just just to see just from your experience what you know if you can draw any conclusions from this because as, as you look at the COMEX and yes, it needs to be based on some type of physical delivery. Otherwise, that paper derivative price has no meaning whatsoever. So they attempt to have these deliveries five or six months a year. Typically, and you follow this as I do, of anywhere 3,000, 5,000, maybe 6,000 contracts get delivered during what we call a delivery month. December is usually the busiest month of the year. And we're seeing this December some rather unusual delivery because we've only had 245 contracts delivered through yesterday the 10th. We had a very small number delivered back in October. Uh, Last December, we had north of 3,000. Now, you put that with those those, uh, inventory numbers that you mentioned. A year ago, we had well easily more than 8 million ounces in the eligible category. Now, we're close to 6. We had over a million ounces in the registered category. Now we're close to about 130,000. And of course, the banks can just journal gold back and forth. I mean, they could change that tomorrow if they wanted to. But even one more data point, Eric, up north of the border where you are, the, the oldest bullion bank in the whole world is Scotia Makata. And their vault has gone from more than 3 million ounces a year ago to under 1 million ounces today. Putting, putting all that together, what does your gut, your experience tell you about uh, maybe some stresses there. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can see the stresses. I mean, the fact that the COMEX inventory is almost non-existent in terms of uh, registered, and the fact that the COMEX in total has lost 106 tons, I think, this year. Uh, the fact that all the bank uh, positions have weakened here. Uh, and, Craig, you know, we've seen all these things go on in the world of gold for a long time, where Germany's going to repatriate the gold, and they're not going to repatriate the gold. 
And it was such a small part of the goal they had there, but they can't be delivered. I mean, there's so many signs that uh, we're dealing with goal that's been hypothecated and rehypothecated out there that doesn't really exist in the vaults of the central banks to nearly the extent that the central banks would want to believe. And when you witness these, you know, exports of gold from the UK that manufactures no gold, mines no gold, it goes to Switzerland, and Switzerland goes to China, you just see this continual flow going on. The withdrawals from the uh, Shanghai Gold Exchange are staying strong at about 50 uh, tons a week. 50 tons a week. With four wow. tons in Comex, we get 50 tons a week in China. Yeah. And it's just, it's uh, it's begging for, for someone to answer the question. I and mean, lots of people don't even believe the Comex data. And it, it's so in stasis all the time. You kind of wonder, is there really anything happening there? Or we just, we just get a bunch of numbers at the end of the day that that are t- totally meaningless. So I'll oh, stand by and, and we'll wait and see it play out. But my gut tells me that, and it's told me for a long time, like 15 years at least, that demand for gold is well in excess of supply. So hopefully we'll see it manifested and, and we've seen signs of it this year, but uh, we, we need that final nail in the coffin. And when the music finally stops, it's going to be quite a... Quite a show, that's for certain. I want before we wrap up. I did want to uh, ask you about one last thing you'd, you'd mentioned to me earlier, and that was some news you saw on uh, a Pacific miner and how that might relate to the entire mining stock. Uh, yeah, like his picture. Yeah, I, I won't mention the name, but here, here I can give you the essence of it. So this company had a uh, working capital. Let's call it X, okay? And it's a non-producer, but it's got sort of an interesting ore body. Major company comes in and buys a 1.5% royalty for one-half of X. One-half of X. And the stock does nothing. <laughs> How can a company that used to be worth X that had no cash, now is still worth X with, with $25 million of cash for a 1.5% royalty? I mean, it just blows my mind, and the market did nothing, and it told me, unfortunately, Craig, there is no market. Right. There's nobody looking. There's nobody cares. and nobody reacting. And you might say, well, isn't it obvious to you that this thing should be trading at three times X at least? Oh, yeah, it probably should. Well, but nobody will do anything about it because uh, everyone's just sort of locked locked out somehow. But uh, So that, that signs to me that, man, we've got to be awful close to a bottom here because it can't get much worse than that. And I think of that company. I mean, what if they took the half of X in cash they got and bought their stock back, you know? Right, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway. Well, uh, there'll, there'll be a solution to that problem someday, but the fact that the market just didn't give a darn was uh, very telling. And, and what you're saying is it's a sign of capitulation, of, of zero sentiment, of zero interest, and, and maybe that relates to some, you know, maybe we're near the bottom or at the bottom. And, and even zero logic. Yeah. You know, that yeah. even a logical answer, which, oh yeah, it should be worth at least, nobody gives a damn. Yeah. That, you're sitting there looking at a 200%. Wow. Eric, I think I've lost you for a second. Are you still with us? I am, yes. Okay. Yes, did I lose you? Just, just briefly. Well, maybe that's a sign. Maybe that's the, the, the folks at Skype telling us it's time to wrap up, so we'll, we'll take them up on it. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for your time, Eric. It, it's been uh, enlightening, as, as it always is. It's going to be a really, really interesting week next. I look forward to speaking with you again yeah. next Friday. That'll be fun. You know, Craig, I was thinking as, as you made the introduction, wouldn't it be fun if we could talk 
some week when gold was going up instead of going down all the time. Don't hold that your breath. That would make it even more fun. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, Eric. You know <laughs> okay, man. All right. Thank you. And, and to everyone out there listening to Sprott Money News, have a nice weekend, and we look forward to visiting with you again next week. 